Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I do believe that uh, we have to make adjustments, but I do believe we need to play football for many reasons. And then, first of all, I think the country needs it. I think the state of Louisiana needs it. The economy needs it. We all need it. I think our children need to get back to school, and we need to get on the right track and find a way to fight this thing. LSU coach Ed Orgeron. Those kids need to do yes. They have to get back to school, Ed. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Because if my son's going to stay home during kindergarten, there's only so much psychogenesis. There's only so many monster hunts that I can go on um, given my allotted time schedule. And I'm not saying a lot of time schedule, like I'm going through a divorce and there's <laughs> I'm splitting custody. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm, man. <laughs> breaking news here in ESPN 690. No, I just mean my allotted time schedule. Like, listen, man, in the morning, I'm a busy dude. I have to train for my MMA. I actually train people as well. So I have that going on all morning. So, you know, I, I guess in, in terms of schedule purposes, especially having a wife who is going through med school right now as well, um, you know, we're, we're both pretty busy people. So we're, we're just keeping our fingers crossed right now that uh, schools open back up, obviously, and kids can go back to them. Um, you know, we've we've talked to some teachers of the kindergarten he's going to go to and everything, and it's looking good. It's looking promising. Uh, we're looking like a five-day-a-week kind of plan, which is my kind of plan. If they can do Saturdays and Sundays, we wouldn't complain either, but it's all good. So hopefully it stays like that. Hopefully, you know, with, with COVID-19 and everything that – um, you don't see a, a giant surge that shuts literally everything down again, and we're kind of back to square one. That would be a bummer, I think, not only for myself, but I'm sure a lot of parents out there and a lot of kids at the same time. I'm sure kids want to get back to school, see their friends, everything like that. Is your kid excited for kindergarten? Oh, or? yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, so he's going to be a stingray. So, like, he for some reason, he thinks so. He's going to the Duval Charter School by us or whatever, you okay. know, one of them, and uh, they're, they're called the stingrays. So, like... Immediately, he thinks that he's just getting a scholarship and he's playing football now and he's going to be a member of the Stingrays. So, like, he's thinking that he's going to have, like, all these sweet football jerseys. He's going to get a helmet. I'm like, dude, you're, you're five years old. You're not playing football yet. Welcome I, yeah, to the does real like world, a, does, I, I guess my elementary school did have a mascot, but... Oh yeah, they're, they're, dude, they're all about it. They're at that charter school. I mean, they're they're all about they have, like, like a fight song? Stingway, pro, Stingray, pro, I don't know, man. It's a bunch of kindergartners. <laughs> You're gonna make those kindergartners like a fight song now? All Maybe. Of a I, I mean, I, listen, things. All I'm gonna say is things have changed since I was in kindergarten. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. Like he has to wear the like the uniform and everything, dude. I rock my Jurassic Park T-shirt that first day of kindergarten. I rock my Jurassic Park backpack. That thing was probably that thing's probably worth like millions of dollars now. But whatever. I rock that Jurassic Park backpack, man. I was looking good, and like that's the first day of school. After that, I could have cared less. Okay, I dress like a bum after that because like you gotta make that good first impression. But after that, it's like meh. Whatever, man. You know, just going through the routine. Well, I, I believe with him, like, he has to get the whole uniform thing. He's got to, like, do all this stuff. And it's like, well, laundry day just got added to, like, the nth degree. Now, I've got to make sure he's you know, he's staying clean and everything. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to learn. Um, 
you know, I'm looking forward to that first day. I can probably drop him off. Not sure if I'm going to shed any tears quite yet, but I think I'll be excited, man. Because, like, that's one of my very first memories. It's like my first day at kindergarten. Like, I can remember like it was yesterday, man. I would, I would love for it. Like, you're dropping him off. You know, the tears start coming, and yep. he turns to you and he goes. For me or him? For, for you. Okay. And he turns <laughs> to you and he goes, he goes Dad. Yeah. Stingrays don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably don't, to tell you the truth. I don't think they can, yeah. <laughs> well, let's be honest, man. I mean, I know we're in 2020 right now, and there's a lot of receipts. Stingrays? Hey, Stingrays? Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin? Stingrays? Have we forgiven? Hey, just saying. They took out a heavy hitter, okay? That guy was awesome. That guy was a world changer, did a lot for, you know, wildlife in Australia, had a great TV show. I'm just saying. Is Stingrays? It, is it, would you judge me if I told you most weekends on Sundays when I'm recovering from a hangover, I'm watching reruns <laughs> of Steve Irwin's whole show? Uh, doesn't surprise me in the least bit, dude. Like he was, he was all time, man. He was a, he was a great personality. I mean, I grew up watching him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And and let's be honest, right now we're about, and we're getting super off topic, and that's fine because I'm talking about animals now, which I'm always down to do. We're about 15 days, I think 16 days from Shark Week right now, and Shark Week in the league is huge, or at least it used to be. Like, but when I played. For the Jags, Shark Week was the thing, right? Because through through the dog days of training camp, and I'm talking real two days, all right? I'm talking Jack Del Rio running a tough camp, and you go in that training room, and you get your ankles taped, and they have Discovery Channel Shark Week on that TV. Dude, all of a sudden you forget about, okay, what do I have on this 4-3 um, play call? If, if I'm an over front, do I take the tight end? Do I take the tackle? No, man. Let's go ahead and watch these great white sharks look like Michael Jordan and jump like 35 feet out of the water and just unload on a fake plastic seal. That was awesome, man. Like that, and it's, it sounds like so like over exaggerated. I'm not kidding. Like when they put shark week on the locker room, dude, you had a bunch of grown men acting like kids again, just saying like, Whoa, did you see that? Did you see that? So like shark me shark week for me, um, it was like my time, like away from football. And like it was like it just it cleared my mind and everything, even to the point where I've told the story before a little bit when I was in Kansas City, you know, and we had maybe like one or two days off uh, during training camp. I would go rent a hotel room. I would get out of the dorms, rent a hotel room, a little bit of a flex. I would go rent a hotel room just so I could watch Shark Week and sleep in a big bed. Because it always it always happened where Shark Week always happened during training camp. And I think there's a. There's a quote about me out there that I retweeted last year. I'll probably retweet it again. Um, I did a, an article for the Chicago Bears, and they asked me during training camp, um, are you excited for your day off? And I go, hell yeah, man, it's Shark Week. How could I not be excited? And, and then that, that was like the title like in like the Chicago Tribune was, hell yeah, man, it's Shark Week. I got the day off. So like that was pretty cool, man. But I love Shark Week. To be fair, though, if I'm going to be a little critical, you know, and we're talking a lot about Shark Week right now, and that's fun. If I'm going to be a little critical, though, I feel like Discovery Channel kind of sold out a little bit in terms of Shark Week. You know what I'm talking about, Coos, or not? Well, I was about to ask you what you thought about the, the Mike Tyson news. No, okay. Well, okay, so Mike Tyson is slated to fight a shark. 
breaking here on ESPN 690. I'm here to break it even a little farther. Mike Tyson is not actually going to fight a shark. Just like Michael Phelps three years ago didn't race a great white, okay? It's a bunch of BS. And this is my problem. Dude, if you have great white sharks and you have footage of them jumping out of the water, that's all you need. I don't need a bunch of celebrities and comedians doing these stupid shows making a mockery of the whole thing. Just show the goods. Just show the footage. Just show great whites leaping like God intended, and that's all we need. I don't need the celebrities. I don't need the, the selling outness of Discovery Channel. All I need is the great white footage coups, and we're not getting that. It's a bummer. I'm starting to get into their um, commercials, like promoting it, too. They do some good promo- uh, promotion commercials. The promotion's okay. I get it. The, see, that's where you can use celebrities. That, that That's cool. I like that. I just don't like when you bring celebrities along with you and, like, you throw them in these weird situations. Oh, he's in the cage and everything like that. Like, nah, man. Just show the sharks. It's called Shark Week. It's not called Celebrity and Shark Week. Get real Discovery Channel. Brent Martin, are you a fan of Shark Week? I got, I got into the show just at the right time. I mean, there isn't a bigger fan of Shark Week. Uh, around uh, the country <laughs> than, than yours truly right here. My man. Uh, feel like we just got bit by a shark. I think I'd rather instead of the way we lost the game, but um, it's one of those deals. So uh, anyway, Shark Week, I think, is uh, absolutely stupid. Oh, okay. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to talk good about it. You think it's no. stupid? think it's dumb why don't don't get it why uh, i thought it was like i thought i thought shark week would have been good for like a one-off thing okay and now it's like this annual event where i actually kind of feel like it's lost its luster i feel like for a while there's shark I agree week with for you there two, three too. years sure was like twitter was a buzz you know it's this time of year which is a great time of year to do anything like this because it is kind of a quiet time even if it wasn't a pandemic just in a normal calendar but i feel like it's lost its luster a little bit and you almost would think Something like Shark Week could be huge during the pandemic, but I think so many people are looking forward to sports coming back and all those other things and trying to figure out if we're going to have football, trying to figure out if we're going to send our kids to school, trying to figure out if they're going to ever go to the office again, all those kind of things that I, uh, I'm i not sure Shark Week uh, will do as well as maybe I thought it could during a pandemic. Interesting. Well, well you mentioned it. You teased it a little bit, Brent. Game didn't go so well, did it? I mean, obviously, you're, you're talking on the show right now, and we're, we're glad to have you here on ESPN 690. It's great to hear your voice and everything, but obviously, we're hearing your voice because Ty's team did not win the game. Nah, really good. Uh, pretty good baseball game, too. Unfortunately, we, we lost. Uh, I say the good and the bad. I don't always just put the good out there. Um, it was a good game. Uh, it was 3-1 into the top of the seventh. Uh, Ty had come in to pitch. Didn't really play much in this one. Uh, come in to pitch, and... Uh, fifth inning, sixth inning, shut him down, held us at 3-1, and then we got two runs in the top of the seventh to tie it up, baby. It nice. was on. It okay. was a good game. I mean, Excitement. big hit two outs, big hit. Uh, and then uh, in the bottom of the seventh, this is a good good team. This is a team we lost to uh, last okay. week to start. And, they've and got, I mean, where are they from? They're from all over. They have okay. kids from Arizona, Texas, California. <laughs> this is like a true like Jeez. travel national team. Okay. And, They've got. I think I told you about it, but these guys have uh, two kids committed to Arizona State already, and one committed to Oklahoma State. Well, there you go. Um, wow. And so they're pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, no doubt uh, they're pretty good, and, and quite honestly, probably a shade better than us. But here we are, three three, and uh, a little error to start the seventh inning on kind of a routine ball. It happens, mm. and then we walk the next one. Ty gets an out, um, and so it's. 
uh, one out, first and second. And the way they play Ty, I've showed this picture before, but because Ty throws so slow, they shade him. And, and it's a great move by Mike Boswell, the the really is the Bulls coach, but he coaches a summer team. And he moves the second baseman on top of the second baseman bag, like right behind it. Okay. And they hit one off Ty, a rope up the middle, which would have been a hit. Well, it goes right to the kid at over second. Steps on the bag for one. Easy double play. Throws it away. Oh, no. No. Oh, I feel so bad for the kid. Yeah. He's, such a, he's a good player, too, man. Yeah. I, I want to go give him a hug. It it's happens, just, man. Yeah. It's, it's the way it goes. I feel so bad. We had a chance. We gave ourselves a chance. And then kind of – it was a really good baseball game, and, and I hate losing like that. hate losing like that. But it happens. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we're done. I mean, Summer's feel- over. Feel free to feel free to put that kid on, on on the horn here. Let's talk to him a little bit about that air, uh, and you know, and, and let's give him a real crash course in sports radio real quick and sports media. I know. I was gonna say, give him a real welcome it, it, to the it, show. It does, I know. Can you like welcome to your world, right? When you, yeah. you made a bad play, you jump offside, and you, you have to answer the question. You better five believe later. it, man. You better believe it. I had Jack um, the Real talking about. Yeah, well, they call him the you know the bringer of pain, but he's causing me a lot of pain right now. Actually, he uh, said that about me in a quote one time. I think it was to Gene Burnett. So, yeah. <laughs> Bring that kid on here, man. Let's hear it. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. He's a nice kid. I, yeah. I, I, I hate it for him, but it's part of sports, man. That's kind of part of the stuff, right? You, Ty struck out against this team with a guy uh, man on first and second, 3-2 pitch, runners in motion, down by two uh, to start this tournament. I thought the kid had a good pitch, but he struck out, and then you tip your cap sometimes, but those are the situations you want to be in, and um, unfortunately, we lost both the tight games to those guys, uh, so they move on. We go home. Summer's done, and uh, it's been a fun summer of baseball. Now we get a little more softball with Kaylee, So, uh, but we'll be heading home here tonight after the show, so I'll be back in studio tomorrow. Appreciate the flexibility. Joined a perfect segment. Oh, you Sharks, did. And uh, I, I think we're going to get into a little all-elite wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are real quick. So obviously, and, and listen, I mean, yeah, you picked the perfect time to come on. And then we're going to be followed with Stuart Weber talking about kingfishing and NASCAR. So really, right, right in your wheelhouse right now, Brent. Right Should I just groove. start driving? Should I start driving home? <laughs> maybe maybe you're b- better off getting that kid on the horn and letting us talk to him as opposed to talking all the wrestling here. But yeah, so last night, um, c- kind of got the bat signal a little bit. I had a source. I had a, a member of the syndicate, let's just say reach out to me offer me to go to all Elite wrestling with him and i did it was it was fight for the fall and it was kind of like one of their pay-per-views obviously they did it last year um in front of the jacksonville crowd and that money went towards gun violence last year and victims of gun violence this year um i think all the proceeds they had shirts and everything uh they're going to help food shelters and food banks basically to obviously people being affected right now with COVID-19 so it's for another great cause um it was really neat man it it was crazy because obviously fans aren't there so it was a very interesting show from the standpoint of there's probably only man 30 people in the crowd and obviously we're all spread out and everything and every time like if you cheered and and the best part was too so tony khan comes out before you know the, the taping and everything he's like hey you guys I want you guys to be loud i want you guys to have fun all that stuff 
And it's refreshing because the guy came out in like a pair of gym shorts and a t-shirt. Exactly something I would wear on a daily basis, TSPN 690. You know, and he was very <laughs> laid back and very casual. And, and let's be honest, I mean, even when I played for the Jaguars, when, when Tony and, 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 you know, obviously his dad, Shad Khan, were there, you, you're accustomed to seeing them, you know, dress as professional, be very professional because they're businessmen, right? And it was just really cool to see Tony more in a, in a casual, laid back atmosphere because you can tell he's having a blast with it, right? Where I think when you talk about the Jaguars and you're talking about, you know, the uh, Fulham soccer club there, um, I think you do have to be a little more professional. You have to purvey that in the way you talk and the way you dress, all that stuff. But with, with professional wrestling, man, especially when you don't have a crowd there, I feel like you can do whatever you want to do. And that's what Tony was doing, man. So it was cool to kind of see the side of him. I, I knew that side was always there. Didn't really get to see it in person until last night. So it was cool to see Tony Khan having fun. Um, as far as the matches were concerned, they were fantastic. It was hot, man. And I, I really felt bad for some of those wrestlers who were wrestling for more than the, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, it was a humid one in there, you know. So I, I can only imagine what the conditions were like, whether it was the, you know, obviously like the ring, if it was slick or not on the mat surface, if the ropes were slippery, things like that. Things you don't really ever think about when you're watching it on TV. So that was great. Uh, another little fun caveat that happened was, so you had, you had to bring in your own food and beverages, right? I only brought in my water because I wasn't you know, trying to drink or anything like that. But needless to say, of the group of 30 people or whoever who was in the group that got invited to go, I would say a good 25 to 30% of them had the time of their life in terms of coolers and, you know, those big coolers coming in the stadium or in, in the Daly's place. So needless to say, there was a lot of belligerent screaming, a lot of weird chants going on, and a lot of guys just having fun, to say the least. But it, it was a good time overall. I'm glad I got invited. Let me ask you this. I'm putting this out there on social media right now. Um, how is Tony Khan doing with AEW? How is uh, the experiment, if you will, going? I don't know if he'd appreciate me using that word, but I mean, from yeah. the outside looking in, it's it's a little bit of a tester. Anything anything that starts up and, and you try to figure out if it works, um, it, it seemed like they had momentum. Do they still carry that momentum? Uh, where is it on the landscape of wrestling? I mean, is it bona fide? alternate option bona fide another option uh where is it with tony khan and aew so the the cool thing i got to do um with the fight for the falling last night was i got to talk to a couple of people a couple of people who are really um tied to this all elite wrestling thing and a couple of people who obviously have been around the wrestling stuff for a while and and they know the ins and outs of it and the biggest thing that I hear, and I, listen, in terms of the ratings and everything, All Elite Wrestling is doing fantastic. I think they're even doing better than what they expected with TNT. I think TNT is very happy with the product, and I think Tony Khan has been very happy with the product. You, you see them tweet out a couple times where in terms of the age demographics that, that they're trying to hit right now, they're firing on all cylinders. So from the rating standpoint, it's doing great. But what I was surprised to hear last night and kind of a little behind the scenes kind of stuff is every wrestler on that roster is having a blast working for Tony Khan. Okay? They're having a blast right now. Let's keep in mind, with the pandemic going on in the landscape of professional wrestling, it's different, right? Like, there's not a crowd. Everything just, you know, it's a little eerie. Um, sometimes the shows aren't live. There's just, it's different right now. And it can be stressful. But with that being said, 
Everything that I've heard about working for Tony Khan is that the wrestlers are having an absolute fun time, and they're enjoying it. And when they're enjoying it, they're having fun. When they're having fun, they're putting out a great product. On the other hand, and listen, I don't have the behind-the-scenes access you know, to, 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 uh, to the other promotion of with Vince McMahon and WWE, but from what I've you know read articles and stuff at nauseum about is the fact that there's a lot of wrestlers right now that are not happy with how that company is treating their wrestlers, whether it's with COVID-19, whether it's with the work schedule, just things like that. I think right now there is some discrepancies in terms of WWE. On the other hand, from what I've heard so far, all elite wrestler in terms of how they're handling their wrestlers, in terms of the environment that's been cultivated by Tony Khan, it's firing on all cylinders. So I think with that being said, it's a good sign for all elite wrestling, not only for the ratings, obviously, but going forward with the talent as well. Well, that's good. It's good to hear. I mean, yeah. so it's around to stay, I guess, right? Correct. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Oh, no. This thing is definitely around to stay without a doubt. Um you know, and, and I think we keep on seeing that, Brett, you know, with new wrestlers come out and everything like that. Um, I think it's definitely here to stay. And let's be honest. I mean, obviously, I have ties to all Elite wrestling just because, I mean, you know, it, it, it takes place in Jacksonville. So I'm a fan. But I, that's not to say I'm not a fan of the other programs as well. I mean, I, I love all wrestling, whether it's WWE, New Japan. I watch it all. And I think right now, more than any other promotion, is that all Elite wrestling is keeping everybody honest. Right, they're, they're they're pushing everybody to their next limit, to their next level, and in doing so, me being a wrestling fan and the wrestling fans all around out there, they're reaping all the benefits from watching great products on every single um, network. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and and that's uh, kind of that's what. Uh, by the way, that's what people want. You know, they want alternatives. They want a little competition to promote the the brands and and make it better. Um, heck, uh, I'm not going to compare ourselves to AEW and, and wrestling outfits, but, I mean, it's a little bit of here in Jacksonville what I think we've been able to do at least a little bit of uh, in, in the sports radio scene uh, over the last 18 months, and hopefully we're here to stay in that regards. Um, so, you know, it works in a lot of different businesses. There's a reason why Walgreens and CVS are right across the street from each other on every block. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, so, no, absolutely. And just one more point I want to drive home, too. It's the fact that, like, the reason why I also think this is, it's so successful right now now and Ollie Wrestling is doing so great. Listen, Tony Khan is the engine that drives everything, right? Like, I mean, it's obviously his money. It's his family's money that started this whole thing. He had the vision. Um, you know, he's kind of like the captain of everything going on behind the scenes. But at the same time, and to be fair, in the wrestling business, whenever you run something like that, like, like, like a Vince McMahon, there has to be some kind of ego involved, right? But I don't get this sense from Tony Khan that he wants to be the whole, the whole hands-on type. Now, yeah, he's going to help out, but he's actually appointed wrestlers like Cody Rhodes, like Kenny Omega, like the Young Bucks, who actually have taken over a little bit and helped run the show themselves. So as opposed to just Vince McMahon having his hands on everything, Tony Khan has kind of gave the reins a little bit to some of the other wrestlers to help run the show, and that comes across, I think, as a better product as well because of it. I got you. Uh, by the way, you're hearing a little beeping because I got that annoying parent out in the parking lot, and he's like beeping or she's beeping at their kid as they're watching them from the parking lot play baseball. Put him on the show, Brent. Let's get him on the show. Let's get everybody on the show today. Please, stop. I'm doing a radio <laughs> show here in the parking lot. Knock it off. And we Let lost the know. game on an error. Let I'm already know, mad Brent. to start today. Let him know. Uh, 
Hey, by the way, it's an important conversation with Tony Khan uh, to a degree, and I know it's a little bit different with the wrestling, but listen, uh, I mean, if things add up, he's going to be the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars someday. Yeah. You know? So I think those are interesting conversations to have about the wrestling outfit. It's like how it's being run, how it's being perceived, how's it doing? Um, I think those are, are significant questions, even though, if, whether you like wrestling or not. No, without a doubt. And let's be honest here. If Tony Khan can run the Jacksonville Jaguars like he is in wrestling, you might have something special there. Because it's like I said, the most important part right now for his wrestling venture is the fact that everyone that's working for him is happy. If he, if he can correlate that to the NFL locker rooms, you might have something there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, uh, we'll be with you for the rest of the show from Hoover, Alabama, one more time. Austin Lane been steering this thing in the right direction. So much so that we're talking NASCAR and Kingfish next <laughs> on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We uh, got a little Redskins talk in earlier in the show, a little NFL PA and coronavirus, some updates there. Uh, also, just had some Shark Week conversation with wrestling and AEW. If you wanted a well-rounded show here on a Thursday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, well, kick me out to a baseball game, bring in Austin Lane and Coos, and then welcome in Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber as well. Because now we go <laughs> driving and racing for some NASCAR and also fishing for some Kingfish. Stuart Weber, what's up? Where the heck are you? Are you at the Kingfish tournament still? I am back at the the home office, uh, having edited all the stuff for tonight's show. Very good. Uh, Stuart, by the way, doing uh, yeoman's work uh, as I just continue to watch baseball games. I mean, I I, I apologize in advance to all of you. I appreciate your flexibility. Like I said, I'll buy you all uh, a beverage at some point. Um, But it's over. I'm coming home. <laughs> um, so what's happening at the Kingfish tournament? Uh, good day out there. It's beautiful and hot here in uh, Hoover, Alabama. What's it like in Jacksonville? Yeah, um, much of the same. I heard fishing conditions weren't nearly as good as they were on uh, Tuesday. Of course, they have the Junior Angler tournament on Tuesday, and uh, everybody loves the Junior Angler. For good reason. It's, uh, it's one of the most fun parts of the entire tournament. And during that tournament, a 43.19 pounder led the way. So. Uh, over a 43-pounder, and funny enough, 43.06, I believe it is, is the current leader in the clubhouse uh, when it comes to the general tournament, which is, of course, uh, a two-day tournament. So today, day one, tomorrow they'll get back out there for day two, and then they, of course, have prizes for the biggest fish as well as the best aggregate. So your best one big fish from each day. Uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. You know, they, they had the social distancing thing going on. They had a nice little, you know, setup to where you could bring your fish in, a few folks set it up on the scale, and you go wash your hands, and then away you go on to the next part. So um, it, I, I always thought this would have been something that wouldn't have been all that affected as it was, just because of you know the nature of not only fishing but the way they have that setup down there at Simpson uh, Park, and it's 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 a good setup. It works out well. So uh, anglers are, are coming in big numbers, and like I said, a 43 footer. The cool thing too this year, by the way. Uh, they do have a live stream on their Facebook page where you can you can watch the weigh-in area all day if you'd like to do that. Oh, cool. Oh, that's good. Stuart, you said there's a lot of prizes to win. In terms of that, what is, like, the granddaddy prize of this year who to probably, I assume, who gets the biggest fish? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the granddaddy prize, as you would call it, yep. is a uh, brand-new boat and trailer valued at $140,000. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got to sign up for it next year now, Austin? Uh, 
I'm thinking about it. I mean, I feel like if Olivia can catch, what did, what did Olivia catch again? What, what was her fish? Hers came in at, I want to say, just over 30 pounds. Okay. And we're talking about 40 pounds to try to win it? Yeah, the, the 43 is right now your leader. Something in that, you know, 43 could win it or maybe a couple pounds heavier could win it. But, sounds uh, like I'm... Good, solid all right, well, that sounds like I'm setting up for a kingfishing tournament next year. I'm going to write it off uh, for the, you know, obviously it's going to cost money, I'm sure, to get in the tournament, but I can write it off because I'll put it on the ESPN 690 credit card account and we'll be all good. Let's do it. I mean, let's get our own team in there. How much can it be? I don't know. I don't know what the entry is, but let's uh, let's put a team in and, and go king fishing. Let's get uh, it as part of it. I mean, I like it. We can cover it up close and personal. Uh, by the way, snapper season just uh, opened up, right? Like last week or over the weekend or something. It's it's like a four day total thing, and I think three of them were last weekend, and the final day is this weekend. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay, uh, well, my point in that was um, not to provide you with a lot of details, but to say that are we the only <laughs> ones that have not caught a snapper? Because I must have seen more pictures on Twitter and Facebook of people with snappers once uh, that season opened. I mean, it was like every picture I saw, they were holding a fish. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. Uh, I saw the chief holding the big one. So uh, Mike Burrish, our chief meteorologist, caught himself a nice big snapper. So, uh, you know, I mean, I can still get it at public. So it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Austin, have you? Yeah. When you know, NFL guys like to go fish, I mean, we saw Jawan Taylor. I, like Brandon Linder's like a fisherman, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like he he if he wasn't playing center, he'd be fishing like all the time. I mean, he, he's a fisherman. Yeah. I don't know if Jawan Taylor falls in that category. I think he kind of just went out there and fished. You brought up sometimes that you've been fishing, but did you do it as a player a lot? Was it something that that guys like to do, especially here in Jacksonville? You know, it's crazy for. I guess the six plus years now that I've been in Jacksonville and for the three years that I've uh, you know played for the Jaguars, I didn't go fishing one time. Um, I know some guys that are into it. Um, I know some guys that are into golf as well, but I don't really part you know I don't I don't partake in any um, of those activities. But to, to be fair, fishing man, fishing's fantastic. I guess I just didn't really have the connection of someone with a boat or even like if I was gonna go buy a pole like. There's a whole intricacy kind of thing around it, Brent. You know, like you have to have the proper bait. You have to have the proper conditions to catch the big one. And, like, coming from the Midwest, you know, where I'm used to fishing on lakes and everything, to go to ocean fishing, it's, like, completely different. It's, like, night and day. So I just – I didn't have the time to learn it. Um, I didn't have the motivation to learn it. Unfortunately, I kind of missed out on it. I got you. Uh, we'll have to go enter the Kingfish, and, and we'll see what happens uh, with that. Hey, uh, we uh, bring Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber into the fold for a little Kingfish update, but also a little NASCAR update. Uh, the All-Star Race last night, fans in attendance, obviously not full capacity. Uh, just, uh, I, I think, what they say? They could put 30,000 in, and I think 20,000 showed. Is that right? That sounds about right. And, you know, that's that's the Coliseum. That's a place where you can put a lot of uh, a lot of fans. So, you know, they were all well socially distanced and had two of the corners that didn't have anybody in them. So uh, I feel like they, you know, they, they did a good job and got some of those folks who felt comfortable and wanted to go, go see that in person. They got the chance to go in there. And so when we're talking about the race last night, it was considered like the all-star race. Like, what what does that really entail? Like, it just was a lot more money on the line. Did they bring back some older drivers? Like, I guess I just didn't really get the whole all-star format, and obviously I couldn't watch the race last night since I was at All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, no worries. Uh, and there was a UFC fight last night as well. I was yes, able to watch both at the same time, which is kind of nice. Nice. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you the, the quick you know, reasoning of the all-star race. It's essentially a non-points race. It's winner takes all, winner gets a billion dollars. 
So, you know, that lends itself to more aggressive driving, more, I don't care if I finish second, you know, because if you ain't first, you last. That's right. You know, that's, that's the big one here. And the past, I don't know, a couple decades, it's been in Charlotte Motor Speedway. You know, that's the home, home backyard, and it usually precedes the Coke 600, the, you know, the big race during Memorial Day weekend. And, of course, the whole schedule got jumbled all around. And so they decided, all right, let's do a little midweek throwdown up at Bristol, a little short track racing. And uh, that's what they went with. I, I, I wish we could have done a couple things different, but that, that's the thing about the all-star race is that, you know, they tweak it all the time. They, they, you try to make it as entertaining as you can for the fans and as much fun as you can, even if it ends up causing some pretty convoluted rules and things that are a little confusing for the, the you know, the normal fan. But... You know, they, they threw some uh, some neon glow lights underneath the back of the cars. <laughs> uh, did that for the, the kids, the demos. Sure. For the demos, again, to, to jump in on that earlier conversation, which was, it was interesting. Yeah, it could have been better, but it was it was neat. It was something. Uh, they also put the number in a different spot on the car, which drove everyone insane. And in the end, it didn't end up being that big of a deal. Uh, but, you know, the racing for me, I would have liked to see some more inverts. Where, uh, you know, at the end of the first stage, you take the top, say, 15, and you flip them around. So the guy who's got that fast car and is, you know, winning that first stage, he goes all the way back to 15, and then he's got to fight his way through the pack. That could be the, the really good, exciting racing. And yeah. it's something they've done a lot in the All-Star race before, but they didn't go that route. I think it has a lot to do with it's a lot harder to pass in a place like Bristol. Uh, you know, where it's short track as opposed to Charlotte, yeah. where you have a little more time to kind of work your way back up through the field. So I get it, but I would have liked to see some inverts personally. Well, well and Stuart, but let me ask you this, though. Obviously, Bristol Motor Speedway, I mean, it's a, it's a prestigious track that then Bakemans are absolutely insane. And to be fair, it's probably one of the, the tracks in NASCAR that I want to see the most, like I see it in person, just because it, it's so chaotic, right? Like, you have to be on your P's and Q's the entire time when you're at that track if you're a driver. So, like, I guess my question to you is, you, you said you were, like, to see the inversion, everything like that, but like, would you have rather just seen them just do a straight up race, right? Because you mentioned it yourself. If you're not first, you're last. So this was like a true, just one-off kind of race. Should they have just gone back to like the original, original rules where, hey, you have a race, no one stops, we just keep on going, and whoever wins gets that million dollars, and it is what it is after that. Yeah, I guess uh, the the way that uh, you know it's become so segmented now because yeah. the average viewers you know, attention span is so short, you know, and they they can't sit still and watch something for two hours. So you got to build in commercial breaks and build in these breaks in the racing. So, you know, the way NASCAR is now, even even in their normal races, it's so segmented with the different stages. Uh, you're not really getting that same feel that maybe you had back in the day where you'd go out and race two or three hours and it would be one large, long segment. So, mm. uh, you know, could they have done that? Yeah, maybe. But then again, you're also talking about it being the same way it was during the race that they just had. And that's what I didn't like about it. It almost feels too much like the race they just had at Bristol a few weeks ago, which uh, I'm a little bummed about Bristol this year because I was going to go to the normally scheduled race at Bristol, which would have happened in April. Um, but it never did happen because of the COVID, so I missed out on going to 
that one. Maybe next year for Bristol for me. We're a month away from Daytona rocking again with a road race, and then a couple of weeks after that uh, will be the regularly scheduled race uh, at Daytona International Speedway. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber here talking a little NASCAR. You know, Jimmy Johnson had COVID-19, missed the race, broke that big, long streak of starts. But outside of that, Stewart, they've been back in action now for, heck, a couple of months. Uh, and I and I haven't heard a whole lot about COVID-19. Is it just the the sport and the way it's set up that you're probably not going to get a lot of conversation about it? Or do you think there are things that they've done right that other sports, a la football, could maybe look at and say, hey, we need to do it too? No, I, I don't think you can compare it to any other sport, uh, any of them, to be quite honest with you, because they're not doing any testing whatsoever in NASCAR. Uh, the only reason Jimmy Johnson, you know, was diagnosed with COVID is because his wife had it, and so he went and got tested. He was asymptomatic, and therefore, you know, he tested positive. So it, it's not it's not a strategy that works for really any other one. And and a lot of it has to do with the fact that these drivers are, you know, they're wearing a helmet and then they're wearing a face mask, and you know, you're not coming into contact quite like, you know, all the other real professional sports that are out there are doing when it when it comes to you know that on-field action so certainly nascar is a little different in that regard in the fact that uh there's a lot less contact and everybody's already wearing gloves and fire suits anyhow and they're not doing any testing so that's that's kind of part of their process is uh you know less people at the track you know less practices less chances to interact with other people so while it's worked for them i don't think it's a blueprint any other sport would be able to use uh, action sports Jack Stewart Weber with us. Talk a little bit more NASCAR right now. Um, Chase Elliott's starting to do his thing. Uh, any of the young guns uh, kind of, uh, you know, finding their way? Uh, it was Custer, I think, that had that surprising win uh, two weeks yep. ago, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was just this last week. I'm, I get my days mixed up. But how is NASCAR, I mean, right now? I mean, they've been going through this transition time of stars. Uh, now, all of a sudden, there's some word about a, a kind of a competitive series with Tony Stewart starting up, at least uh, just a small amount of races. Where do you see NASCAR as a NASCAR fan right now, especially trying to take advantage of the pandemic and viewership because the viewership numbers are up? Sure. I feel good about the sport as, as someone who considers himself a fan of the sport. The Tony Stewart thing's more like IROC. If you're thinking of, uh, you know, the, the old international race of champions that they used to do, where yep, all the yep. different best drivers from different series would get together on all these tracks. So that's, that's not pulling from, from the top drivers. That's pulling, that's like, uh, you know, guys who maybe retired in the last five years or, you know, guys who just want to come for an exhibition type deal. So that, yeah, that's, that's just kind of a, a fun extra side thing, which, you know, hey, it's got the TV backing, so that, that shows you a good sign of where the sport is right now to where you might be able to pull something like that off if you're getting that, you know, very important TV contract because that's where the money is, obviously. So uh, to have that for the, the Tony Stewart run, uh, I don't, I can't remember the name of it, but, you know, that IROC circuit, yeah, that's cool. And when you talk about the young guys in NASCAR, I think the future's bright. You know, we, we did a story on it in our Daytona 500 coverage to kick off the year, but this is a, a really good rookie class, and heck, Cole Custer showed it to you there uh, with that, that late win as they all went four wide and uh, provided a fantastic finish to the race. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody would have seen Cole Custer winning, but he hasn't even been the best rookie this year. I mean, you look at 
guys like Christopher Bell have been performing very well. John Hunter Nemechek's been okay in spots. But Christopher Bell's been really pushing lately to, to be in that top 10 quite a bit in that 95 car. And Tyler Reddick's been doing good as well. And those three guys, you know, Reddick, Custer, and the other one I just said, Christopher Bell, those three guys dominated the Xfinity Series last year. And they're going to have their bumps in the road. Heck, nobody expected any of them to win this year. And you already got one with Cole Custer. So, the you know, the young rookies are doing well. And I feel like there's a good mix right now of veteran guys like Kevin Harvick out there doing well, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano. But then maybe that next generation with Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, guys like that, who've all won this year. There's been nine different winners already this year. And the nine guys that booked their spot in the playoffs. And I feel like it's been pretty competitive. And you got to commend NASCAR for their you know, ability to react. And that's always been a strong point of theirs. When stuff happens, they have the opportunity to change things on the fly. And they do a pretty good job of it. And I feel like they've done that with the schedule this year. Action Sports, Jack Stewart Weber. I mean, putting on a clinic, talking NASCAR, Austin Lane. I mean, he 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 is our guru when it comes to NASCAR, our guru when it comes to soccer, and also Kingfish as well. It's now, insane. when he did the media day a couple years ago, he caught a shark, or, or I think he caught a shark, right? Wasn't it a shark? Stewart? It was uh, some good GoPro video. I stuck the GoPro right down in the water. The hammerhead was circling our boat. That's right. That's right. Well, so do you like Shark Week? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's good. I, I just feel like the, the problem is is that it's so hard to find the new shows. And, you know, when you've done done it so many years, you have to keep kind of digging into that bag of tricks and be like, all right, well, this time we're going to throw a goat in the shark and see, you know, in the water and see what it does with the shark. And, oh, okay, cool. You know, it's like, what do you, what do, you do? What do you do? What do you do for Shark Week now that it's however many years old? So just keep showing I, I, the I, great white jump. That's all you need, Stuart. That's, that's all, all you need, need right? You, yeah. yeah, exactly. You just show great that's, white something and you're in a good shape. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I would watch that a lot growing up and always enjoyed the, uh, always enjoyed the specials. Action Sports Jacks, Stuart Weber. Thanks for jumping in, man. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you this weekend. Action Sports Jacks primetime, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47. An hour to go in the show here on a Thursday. Thanks for hanging with us. Let's talk some football next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.